So today we are going to talk about how we and the way our light can have an impact on the lives of our loved ones. That's, as Major mentioned, what the Cross Ohana is all about. That's what we do here. That's what uh, Joan Kroc, who is the founder of the Kroc Center, that's what she was all about. And the, and the, the, the legacy that she lives here at the Kroc Center. She left a great endowment to the Salvation Army to give families access to life-changing opportunities here at the Kroc Center in Hawaii and Kroc Centers across the nation. And God wants that for each and every one of his children. He wants you to have a great life he wants me to have a great life. He gives us all opportunities to be successful. But we also must remember this, that the adversary lurks about to steal, kill, and destroy, as it says in John 10.10. 10. This morning, we're going to look at a family in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, about a guy named Lot. And I love the Old Testament. There's some great stories in there that are so relevant still to this day. Lot had a great opportunity presented to him because of a relative he had. Lot had an uncle, and I'm sure you all will remember his name. His name is Abraham. Abraham's father, Terah, Terah had three sons. He had Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran had a son named Lot. And when Haran died prematurely, Uncle Abraham took Lot under his wing. For the sake of time, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this story, but then I'll hone in on some key verses. The Bible says that Lot's uncle Abraham got a mighty call from God to move to a new place with the promise to make Abraham a great man. Luckily for Lot, Uncle Abe had a heart for him. And along with Abraham's immediate family, he also takes with him his nephew Lot. That same heart of compassion for family I see all the time today. Our HR manager, Arlene, she has a niece and a nephew that visit here from the state of Seattle, or state of Washington, Seattle. And she just loves on them whenever they're here for the whole summer, and she treats them so well. Kimmy and Lena, they both have nieces and nephews that they love on so much, and I love that they love them, and sometimes they spoil them, and sometimes they're very firm with them. They're like the best aunties in the world. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to have a great life. So Lucky Lot is now living with Uncle Abe, and God makes good on his promise. Abraham becomes a very wealthy man. And as the Bible tells us in Genesis 13, so does Lot. Wow, Lucky Lot for sure. Don't we all want to have an uncle like that? The Bible says they both became so wealthy in flocks, herds, and tents, that's what they called the real estate back then, tents, that the land could not support the two growing families. Their herdsmen were beginning to argue, argue over land and argue over food. And as in this series, we're talking about family matters and core values, let's take a good look at a few red flags and cracks that begin to emerge in the core values of this family. In Genesis 13, 8 to 9, it says, So Abraham says to Lot, Let's not quarrel between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. 
So folks, here's the first red flag, the spoiled child syndrome, a lack of discipline. The character or lack of character of Lot begins to be revealed. We see that the older Abraham goes to Lot to make peace, not the younger Lot humbling himself before his uncle. We see that Uncle Abraham is giving Lot first choice over the land that God gave to him, not to Lot. Not the best parenting decision. So note to parents and grandparents, myself included, we don't need to give everything to our kids and grandkids just because. It's okay for our children to earn and to work for the things that they want. Lest we raise a generation of lots who are weak in core values, weak in work ethic, and develop a sense of entitlement. In Genesis 13, 10 to 13, it says, Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of Jaron towards Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord. Wow, like the garden of the Lord? That must have been one beautiful land. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east, and the two men parted. Red flag number two, lack of respect and honor. When Uncle Abraham tells Lot to choose, Lot doesn't honor his uncle, who has been so good to him all his life, and maybe give his uncle the due respect and say, hey, uncle, you've taken care of me. You've done so much for me. Please, you choose first. And wherever you don't go, that's where I'll go. But oh no, Lot does quite the contrary. He chooses the best for himself. Verse 12 tells us that Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, where Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. I think we're all beginning to get the picture. We know that city of Sodom. 13 says, now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Red flag number three already, poor choices. Lot has all this land that Uncle Abe has given him to choose from. Yet he chooses to build his house near Sodom, a place full of wicked people whose core values were far from godly, as we shall see. Folks, where we choose to live or hang out and who we choose to do it with, our choices matter and will impact our family for generations to come. So in this story, life goes on and Uncle Abe is living up north and nephew Lot is living down south in the land of Sodom. And Sodom is attacked by the armies of four kings who have band together. They attack Sodom, and they take their food and belongings, and Lot and his family are taken captive as well. Word of Lot's capture reaches Uncle Abe up north, and he quickly assembles an army, chases the bad guys down, and rescues his nephew, his nephew Lot, Lot's family, and all their goods. Can anyone relate to Abraham? Do you have relatives who too often just seem to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? They get into trouble, then you get the 911 call for help. There was a season in my life that I just seemed to be going around the same mountain over and over again. But thank God for my family who never gave up on me. No matter what they saw, no matter what they heard, they continued to believe that God could change me. They continued to pray 
they continued to plead with God on my behalf. And if it was not for those prayers and their pleads of God to spare me, I would not be standing before you today. And it is by the grace of God that I have the honor of being here this morning. It's amazing. As frustrating as it may be and as old as it may get, we, re we still respond to those calls for help because that's what families do. It's amazing what we will do for our families because families matter. Now Lot's been rescued by Uncle Abe and he's back home in Sodom. By now you think, or you hope, that Lot would have learned his lesson, gotten out of Dodge, and made better choices to turn his life around. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Sodom has deteriorated even more and become so wicked that God is going to destroy the city. And God actually has a conversation about it with Abraham. Uncle Abe, of course, you, knows, you know that he knows that his nephew Lot and Lot's family are still in Sodom. And Abe by now is probably trying to think fast on how to once again rescue Lot out of Sodom, out of that wickedness. But how many of you know that God has the last say? So Uncle A begins to plead with God for the city of Sodom. Isn't that the way of our Christian hearts? Even when our loved ones are living in sin, when they're out there doing the nasty in the world, we refuse to give up on them. We pray and we plead for their salvation. For Ephesians 6, 12 says, we do not war against flesh, but against the principalities of darkness and forces of evil. And so we continue to pray that the hearts of our loved ones would be turned to Jesus and salvation would be theirs, spared from the eternity of hell because heaven is real and hell is real and eternity is a long time to spend in hell. So Abraham pleads with God about the destruction of Sodom. He says, Lord, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? If 50 people can be found righteous, would you spare the city of Sodom? And God says, yes. But sadly, 50 people, righteous, cannot be found. So Abraham goes back to God and he says, if 45 can be found righteous, would you spare Sodom? And God says, yes. But no 45 can be found. So Abraham asks, how about 40? And God says, yes. And then it's 30 and 20 and finally 10. And God says, yes, yes, yes. But sadly, Abraham returns home. None can be found righteous in the city of Sodom. The Bible says that God sent two angels to Sodom. And as they arrive at the city of Sodom, guess who's sitting at the gate? good old nephew Lot. In those days, do you know who sat at the gates of the city? The leaders sat at the gates of the city. Lot is now a leader in this corrupt city. So Lot invites these two angels, these two men, to stay at his home overnight. Initially, they refuse, but Lot insists, and so they do. He feeds them, they wash their feet, but before they go to bed, there's a loud knock at the door. And this is what the Bible says happens. In Genesis 19, 4 to 8, it says, Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom 
both young and old, surround the house. They called out to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. And I didn't say that. The Bible said that. Lot went outside and shut the door behind him and said, no, my friends. Do you get that? He calls these wicked people his friends. That's a hint to who Lot's been hanging out with. Lot says, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them to you and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. Oh Lord, our red flag has just turned into a blaring red emergency button. Do these verses tell it all or what? The moral decline of the lifestyle that Lot has been living. He's a leader in a society that is totally defunct of any godly morals and positive core family values. He actually offers up his daughters to the unthinkable. But let's think for a moment. Today, if we are not intentional about teaching our children right from wrong according to God's word, if we don't equip them to stand strong and to choose God, are we not doing the same thing? Are we not offering up our children to the corruptness and evils of this world, saying, here world, go ahead, have your way. Lucky for Lot, the angels pull him back into the house and he is saved from these men. The angels warn him to get out quickly, get out of Sodom because they are about to destroy the city and everyone in it. Lot took his wife and two daughters and they headed to Zoar. But while Lot's wife, she looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Folks, my last point for today important point is when God takes you out of something you had no business being a part of in the first place don't look back keep moving forward when you look back it only leads to destruction the good news is in Genesis 1929 as we end this story Genesis 19:29 says so when God destroyed Sodom he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Did you hear that? So when God destroyed Sodom, he remembered Abraham. And he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot has lived. Church, how you live matters. How you lead matters. And so we praise God. Isn't it so amazing that for all the wickedness that Lot was involved with, when God was about to destroy Sodom and everyone in it, God thought about Abraham and he spared Lot. As we come to end here, I just want to ask you all, I'm going to call Freddie to come up, please. I just want to ask you all a few questions and then I want to pray with you. Number one is, do you have a family member that you are praying for? That you're praying that God would turn their life around and spare them from utter destruction. Number two, 
Are you the one that would be found righteous, standing in the gap for your loved ones? And number three, you want to be that one. You want to be that one found righteous, that no matter what's going on with your relatives, your loved ones, that you're going to stand in the gap and you're going to be praying for them and pleading to God on their behalf. But it starts with ourselves. You need prayer. You need to strengthen yourself. It starts with you. It starts with God and it starts with us.